Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of Eclectic Full Contact Theater's splendid satirical saunter down memory lane to those thrilling days of yesteryear, Throwing Shade. Remember, if you love the adventures of the Shade and the Vamp, head over to Patreon at www.patreon.com EFCT and become a subscriber for all sorts of exclusive Shade rewards. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy eclectic full-contact theater's throwing shade. There is a darkness in the minds of men. A darkness in their hearts. A darkness in a room with no lights. And who knows that darkness? The shade knows. By day. Theodore Rockwell is a go-get'em reporter for the Chicago Gazette-Times-Herald, because apparently antitrust laws are not a thing. It's this very reason that unions are so important. Otherwise... (laughs) What? Yes, I do enjoy my job. Why would you ask? Oh, right. Moving on. But by night, he becomes the shade. Using his uncanny ability to wear dark clothing, he, assisted by his girl Friday and Wednesday morning, and the mysterious female vigilante, the vamp, defends the downtrodden and fights the forces of evil. But can one man defend the innocent from the scourge of Chicago's underbelly? Find out in this week's episode, Russian Dressing. And tonight... Are you kidding me? We have yet another sponsor. Apparently, tragedy has struck the Tucket automobile plant. While orders for the Tucket lightning bolt were brisk, the entire plant caught fire and burned down before a single electric car could be delivered. Authorities say that the fact it was a gas fire in an all-electric plant in no way points to foul play or suggests that the other automobile manufacturers had anything to do with it. In fact, authorities are treating the sudden and complete disappearance of Tommy Tuckett, the head of Tuckett Automobiles, as evidence that he was involved and not, as some muckrakers suggest, that he was bumped off by the competition. So. Tonight, Throwing Shade is proud to welcome our latest sponsor, Salmonella's Canned Goods. Salmonella's, goodness that works from the inside out. Also brought to you by Eclectic Full Contact Theater, bringing you high-quality 1930s radio-style satire since, who knows, time flies when you're making salient social commentary couched in painful puns. The story so far. Theo Rockwell and Wednesday Morning, as the Shade and the Vamp, have managed to save the mayor's secretary, Misty LeBlanc, from the feared Irish crime family, the Tallies, to keep a revolutionary energy source from the clutches of greedy British and American politicians and foil a clever, bootlegging ring run by the all-female Kane gang and in the process disproved the existence of supernatural spirits. This, while at all times keeping their secret identities hidden from the mayor. 
Police Chief Cannoli, and the ever-enraged Clarence Clemens, editor-in-chief of the Chicago Gazette-Times-Herald. For Wednesday, that means keeping her vamp identity from Theo. How much longer can that last? Everyone caught up? Excellent! Now on to our story. Act 1, Scene 1. Moscow on Lake Michigan. Boris and Anya arrive in Chicago. Look out, look out, look out. Extra, extra, read all about it. United Nations temporarily moved us to Chicago due to the huge simian problem in New York. City to change its name to Big Banana lacks appeal. Paper, mister? Yes. Thank you, young street urchin. Keep the change. Hey, what kind of cockamamie coin is this? Listen, mister, I don't take any of that weird Canadian money. I will have you know that this is Russian 100 ruble coin. Yeah? What's that worth in American money? You built it ten cents. Oh, nerds. Tell me, urban peasant, where is Drake Hotel? I am Borstasia, and this is my wife, Anya. Anya what? On your way, little man. We need to find Drake Hotel. Boy, you Canadians sure are in a hurry. We are the Russians. That's what I said. Drake's just down the street. Extra, extra. Boris, darling, why can we not stay in New York? I wanted to see this large gorilla. Anya, do not be foolish. There is no large gorilla. It is merely American tail. That is what I heard. The gorilla is very tall, but I do not believe gorillas have tails. No. Anya. I mean, it is merely story Americans told us to keep us out of New York to hide the evidence of the decline and failure of the capitalist system. The poor, the unemployed, the corrupt politicians, the rampant crime, and hopelessness. Boris, darling, I do not understand. Are these not things also found in Chicago? Yes, but this is Midwest, Anya. They are more polite here, and that goes a long way. They seem like... Comrades? Exactly. Now come along. We must find hotel. If you insist, Boris, darling. Say what you want, but politeness is not a substitute for giant gorilla. Act 1, Scene 2. Motel Citizens. Boris and Anya check in. Boris, darling. You can hear the organ from Wrigley Field from now. Ugh. Silly American capitalist game. Ignore it, Anya, my dear. We have arrived. Boris and Anya made their way to the luxurious lobby of the Drake Hotel and approached the front desk. This seems like a very luxurious lobby. Welcome to the Drake Hotel. Do you have reservations? Several, but we will stay here anyway. Borestasia, I am diplomat for current free state of communist Russia. This is my wife, Anya. Ah, yes, you have the presidential suite. Now that is irony. Boris, darling, how is that irony? These are words. Words have no iron in them. Anya, you are very fortunate to be exceedingly attractive. Thank you, Boris, darling. Front! Take the Stasis' bag to the presidential suite. Enjoy your stay in Chicago. This way, please. Hello. 
forest, Dalrink, so luxurious. I must agree. I do not usually approve of such shows of excess, but feeling that orchestra in the elevator, amazing. Here you are, sir. Thank you, badly uniformed worker. Keep the change and shrug off the yoke of your capitalist oppressors. Thank you, sir. I'll, uh, get right on that. <sighs> Nerds. Canadians are lousy tippers. Boris, darling, tell me we won't be stuck in boring diplomatic meetings the whole time we are here. I want to listen to jazz music, shop on Michigan Avenue, drink champagne. Honya, it is prohibition. Even better. I can speak easily and drink gin from a bathtub. Why would you drink gin from a bathtub? That's how they do here. Honya, you need to be careful. You are an ambassador's wife. You have the Stasia family jewels. I know, I know. I'll be careful, Boris. Darling, I promise I'll be good. But for one night, I just want to paint the town. Red? Of course. And perhaps I can mingle with the proletariat. I mean, after all, this is city built on revolution. Anya, what do you mean? This is highly capitalistic city. This, that is true, Boris. Darling, I've heard about how fat their cats are. But do not forget that this is a city where even the livestock rose up and destroyed the symbols of their oppression. Ah, yes. The Irish cows. They destroyed more than just symbols. Anya, the guilty cattle burned down the whole city. That is my point. They may be polite in the Midwest, but they are obviously fiery and rebellious. While I do appreciate your enthusiasm, Anya, I am not convinced that great Soviet power can slay Bold Eagle with an army of... Mukau. Think of it as the milk of freedom. Whatever you say, Anya. So I may go out tonight and wear the pajamas of a cat? Fine. Go have your fun. But keep a tight hold on my family jewels. I am your wife, Boris. That is my job. Act 1, Scene 3. Socialite Media. Theo and Wednesday get their assignment. Meanwhile, at the offices of the Chicago Gazette Times Herald, Theodore Rockwell and his girl Friday, Wednesday morning, have been called into the office of Editor-in-Chief Clarence Clemens. That pipe organ store one floor up is really annoying. Listen, Rockwell, I need you to cover this UN meeting. Sure, boss. Um, UN? Great Caesar salad, Rockwell! The United Nations! Right, of course. That UN. <laughs> I wasn't sure which one you meant. Wednesday. Wednesday. Wednesday! Uh, yes, Mr. Clemens? I appreciate your commitment to your job, but you don't have to type everything we say! Sorry, Chief, that was my fault. What? Theo suggested I type everything he says, so there's no chance I miss some, um, extemporaneous luminescence. He said that. I said that? More or less. So I assume we'll be covering the delegates' negotiations? Are you off your trolley? A bunch of foreign windbags yammering on about things that affect the future of the planet? We're Americans. We don't care about that. Uh, wait, boss. 
Those swanky ambassador types love to throw classy soirees. Word is, the Russian ambassador's wife is Kuwait the socialite, and apparently she's sporting a huge set of family jewels. What? That's not possible. It's not possible for a Russian socialite to have big diamonds? Oh. Diamonds. Yes. Diamonds. What did you think I was talking about? Nothing. If we can't cover anything important, we could follow her around. Great idea, Wednesday. Great idea, Rockwell. Yep. Do a whole piece on this Russian dame and get me a picture of those family jewels. Why did you type that? No reason. Come on, Theo. Let's go. Where are you going for lunch? That's what I really want. Matt Rockwell's got a good head on his shoulders. Not much between his ears, but a good head. Act 1, Scene 4. A conspiracy of blindness. A plot is hatched. Meanwhile, in a seedy, run-down section of the city frequented by moles, trigger men, and fakaloo artists, a caper was being planned. Quiet. This is supposed to be a secret meeting. You want to call every flat foot in the area? Sorry, I tripped over a box of accordions. <laughs> why are we meeting in an abandoned music warehouse, and why are the lights off? <laughs> you ask a lot of questions for a jewel thief. I prefer the term cat burglar. More panache. And you know all about panache, don't you, Bertrand Vandersnelling? Bertrand Vandersnelling III? I've never seen any reason why a life of crime requires a lack of sophistication and style. You have me at a disadvantage. You know me, but to whom am I speaking? All you need to know is I'm the one paying you for services rendered. That's why the lights are off. You can't drop a dime on someone you don't know. I resent that implication. I'm no common stoolie. Maybe. Maybe not. I didn't get where I am by taking chances. But I didn't call you here to bump gums. I have a job for you. I surmised as much. <laughs> what job? The Russians are in town, and they've got a huge set of family jewels. Impressive. But I'm not sure how that pertains to me. Not really my line. A set of diamonds isn't in your line. Oh. Diamonds. Of course. Yes, diamonds. What did you think I was talking about? Nothing. So what about these diamonds? They're priceless. So clear and perfect, they can actually be... Bend light into a completely different wavelength. That sounds technical. Don't worry your pretty little head about it. I just need you to steal the diamonds and bring them to me. For that, I will pay you handsomely. Since you're a distrustful nature, what's to keep me from taking the diamonds and uh, fencing them myself? You drive a hard bargain, Bertrand. All right. You bring me the diamonds, and not only will I pay you handsomely, I will also let you live. Just speaking hypothetically. I'm glad we understand each other. What if the shade shows up? This is just the sort of caper he'd stick his midnight fabric nose into. Are you seriously worried about the shade? Of course not. But where the shade goes, the 
vamp usually shows up, and she's trouble. You're a resourceful man. I have no doubt you can handle the vamp. Just make sure to grab me those family jewels. I don't know why, but that made me vaguely uncomfortable. But you can count on me. Ouch! Seriously, can we please turn on a light? Act 1, Scene 5. Separated by a common language. Theo and Wednesday meet the Russians. Later that evening... Anastasia was dolling herself up for her all-American night on the town. She was the wastest, toughest rail, but many have hearts as big as a whale. Heidi, 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 heidi. Anya, if you could stop singing incomprehensible American song about mooching many. Boris, darling, she is Minnie the moocher. Is what I said. There are two American reporters here to interview. Wonderful. I adore talking to the press. Be careful, Anya. They're probably spies. America was not pleased with our recent revolution. Do not give away farm. We have farm? Just be careful what you say. Right this way, American reporters. Good evening. I'm Theodore Rockwell, and this is my girl Friday Wednesday. A pleasure to meet you, Mr. Rockwell. Friday. She doesn't look like his daughter. Uh, no, it's Wednesday. I thought it was Thursday. My apologies. I get confused traveling through time zones. Oh. I wasn't aware you had perfected time travel in Russia. There is much we have accomplished that America is not aware of. But my wife was referring to time zones based on Greenwich Mean Time. Oh, of course. Greenwichy Mean Time. Wasn't sure what you meant. I'll explain it later. Thanks. No. Is your daughter Friday? Uh, no, no. S sorry. Sorry. Uh, I can see how this is confusing. My name is Wednesday Morning, and I'm Theo's assistant. A uh, Girl Friday is just a figure of speech. So your relationship is one of subjugation. Well, uh, we do love our public transit, but in Chicago, the trains are above ground, so it would be elegation. I have seen much in your city that is elegant. This suite, for example, such elegance. Only, uh, never mind. Is it all right if Wednesday takes notes while we talk? Of course. You carry typewriter around your neck? You get used to it. She has neck like Siberian yik. Forgive me. In my country, that is highest compliment. Excuse me, but I must be gone. I have high-level international negotiations to attend. Do you have any questions about it? Mr. Stasia, we represent a major newspaper in a thriving metropolitan city with two major league baseball teams. We can't be bothered with mundane things like international relations. Well, we might be able to fit something in between the sports page and the funnies. Of course. How foolish of me. That's Vinanda. Gesundheit. So, Mr. Rockwell, what is it you would like to know? Forgive me for not sitting. I am getting ready for a night on the town, as you Americans say. Well, the first question would be, what is your name, Mrs. Stasia? Anya. Uh, Anya Stasia? Yes. Ironic. Why? Uh, well, uh, because, uh, I mean, uh, you, you don't, uh... No reason. So, Mrs. Stasia... Anya, please. Anya, 
How do you find America? Turn left at Greenland. You have a delightful sense of humor. Delightful? Why, thank you, Theodore. May I call you Theodore? Of course. Thank you, Theodore. Dothink. You all right, Wednesday? Absolutely! Sticky keys! So, what are your plans for your stay in Chicago? I want to see all the famous sites. The, how you say, hotspots? Such as? Are you spies? I'm all right! Um, I am all right! I can assure you, Anya, we are not spies. We're reporters. Reporters. Just reporters. Nothing but reporters. My husband is convinced you are spies, and I think you are not being, as you say, up and up with me. On the? Yes. Uh, No, not Anya. On the. On the what? Up and up. That's what they said. You are no being up on the up with Anya. You have secret. Uh, 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 we, we, it's it's not. Secret. You are a couple. What? No! That's not... No, never! I mean, our relationship is purely... Oh. Wait, wait, what? Never? Really? I mean, that's a bit harsh. Yeah. I mean, there must be some scenario in which that's at least possible. You know, we're stranded on a desert island, or... Well, I don't know, but I mean, gosh, Wednesday. Uh, are, are you saying you... Oh, no, no, that's not what I... It's just, never should be reserved for relatives. Or communists. <clears throat> uh, no offense, Anya. None taken. Uh, if we can get back on track. Uh, right, yes. <clears throat> Sorry. So, Anya, we understand that you have the Stasia family jewels with you. It's true. Boris never travels anywhere without them. He is very attached to his family jewels. Uh, I can imagine. May we see them? Our readers would love to get a glimpse of them. But of course. Boris insists on taking this safe with us wherever we go. Here they are. I'll be a monkey's uncle. Is that possible? Perhaps this is why Wednesday Friday is not interested in romance. No! Then why? He seems a solid man. Sturdy, if a little slow. Thank you. Glad to see someone notices. Can we stop? Anya, I'll be a monkey's uncle is just a figure of speech. I must say, English is most confusing language. You should try learning it as a kid. So the diamonds! Amazing! They are beautiful, (laughs) no? I'll say. Do you really wear these out in public? Of course, why not? Well, I have to believe they attract thieves. I do not have to worry about such things. Chicago is a very safe city, yes? Uh, Well... No, I very much mustn't get going. I have to get to the green mill before their bathtubs run out of gin. Uh, that's not... Uh, never mind! Thank you so much for your time, Anya. It is my pleasure. Das Vendanya. Gesundheit. Goodbye! Theo, are you thinking what I'm thinking? You mean that the world would be a significantly better place if instead of cars we all traveled by springs on the bottoms of our shoes? You have been spending way too much time with Professor Tesla. No, what I mean is, don't you think it might be a good idea to keep an eye on Anya? You know the local underworld has to have heard about those diamonds. Wednesday, you're the bee's knees. Mm. If anyone were to steal those jewels, it'd cause an international incident. It could sour U.S.-Russia relations for decades. We should inform This the po- sounds like a job for... Oh, no. The Shade. 
was afraid you were going to say that. Jazz haunts like the Green Mill are always poorly lit. Combined with my mysterious skill at wearing dark clothing, I should be able to watch Anya invisibly. Then, should any nefarious miscreants try any shenanigans, I'll be ready for them. Ooh, that was good. Did you get that? I have to admit, it's not an awful plan. Of course it isn't. Now come on, it's time to get shady. Aren't you going to type that? You really want me to? Well, I was thinking I should have a motto, a catchphrase. You don't like it? I wouldn't call it extemporaneous luminescence. No. Well, thank goodness you're here, Wednesday. Otherwise, I might end up looking the fool. Let's go! Crime doesn't wait! Huh! Now that's not bad! We'll return to throwing shade in a moment. But first, a word from our sponsor. Friends, are you finding that the hustle and bustle of today's world is making it harder and harder to pull together healthy, balanced meals on a budget? Are you desperate to feed your family and stave off starvation and make that unemployment payment stretch for just one more day? Then look no further than Salmonella's canned goods. At Salmonella's, Every can that leaves the factory is hand-packed without the use of cold metal tools. That's right, no unhygienic gloves. No, at Salmonella's, there's nothing between you and the goodness of what's in the can except our workers' well-trained bare hands. And speaking of the can, at Salmonella's, we're always thinking of ways to help keep our costs affordable. For example, we rescue old canned food cans from local landfills and reuse them. That's right, friends. A hard shake or two and it's as good as new. It's that kind of dedication that guarantees every can of Salmonella's contains a little something extra. Let's face it. If it was good enough for someone else, it's good enough for Salmonella's. So the next time you're at the grocer's, Pass by those pretentious highfalutin brands and open up a big can of salmonella. And now, a few words from other important personages. Vamp, come quick. What is it, Shade? Is someone in danger? There sure is, Vamp. Businesses and theater companies across the country are falling victim to sagging sales and empty seats. We're facing an economic catastrophe worse than the last economic catastrophe. <gasps> do something. We should take to the streets, find clues, interrogate suspects. Sell advertising. Great! Sell! What? Businesses and theater companies can buy ad space with us, Vamp, on Throwing Shade. They'll reach thousands of discerning, law and order loving... Comedy starved. Comedy starved listeners from coast to coast. I understand they can listen to us on something called a podcast. Yes, that's true. You can hear us wherever these podcasts are broadcast. What does a podcast mean, Shade? I haven't the faintest idea. Maybe throwing peas? <gasps> Maybe that's the world peas I keep hearing everyone striving for. I'm ignoring that. Mm. 
It sounds like advertising with us could rescue these businesses and theater companies. And save their bottom line. The rates are incredibly affordable. Well, there is a depression. Really? I'm quite happy. Get in touch with Eclectic Full Contact Theater at info at eclectic-theater.com. Say goodnight, Shade. Goodnight, Shade. Welcome back, faithful listeners. Act 2, Scene 1. Alley, alley, ox in free. Wednesday is given a most important task. Wednesday morning and Theodore Rockwell, now as The Shade, followed Anya Stasia to the Green Mill. Before they went any further, they reconnoitered in the back alley. Shade, why are we reconnoitering in this back alley? To go over the plan one last time. We went over the plan on the car on the way over here. It doesn't hurt to go over it one more time. It was literally two minutes ago. You go inside to watch Anya, and I stay here to keep an eye on the back door. This is exactly the most complex set of instructions. I know that, Wednesday. But it's proper masked crime fighter etiquette to go over the details of the plan one last time before executing it. Preferably in a darkened and abandoned location where you're less likely to be spotted by random members of the public. Howdy, Shade. Good to see you. Greetings, citizen. You were saying? I'm sure that was just an apostrophe. I think you mean an anomaly. What? Anomaly? When something that doesn't fit the pattern happens? Anomaly? I think you'll find an anomaly is a small sea creature. That's an anemone. Now, I don't like to correct you, Wednesday, but that's just someone who fights against you. It's going to be a long night. Now, I'm going to sneak in through the back door so I'm not noticed. Hey there, Shade, old buddy, old pal, old Shade. You wouldn't happen to have some scratch on you, like, perhaps? so I could get myself on some night train. Here you are, citizen. Thanks a lot, old pal. Get home safely. Shade, you shouldn't have done that. Wednesday. I can't believe you would be so uncharitable. That poor man was just trying to pull together enough money to catch the L. The Chicago Surface Lines fare has gone up recently. That's not what he... Never mind. Let's just get on with the plan. Right. I'll sneak in through the back door. Then you stay here and make sure no one suspicious tries to sneak in. And if someone suspicious does try to sneak in through the back door? Scream. I'll come running. Then that miscreant will have to deal with the daggers of darkness. Shade, no! Not the daggers of darkness. But they're my signature weapon. You do realize that the only things you've ever hit with those daggers are inanimate objects and stray cats. Don't worry. I've been practicing. Ha! 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 Two cats with one dagger. You have to admit, that's impressive. I feel safer already. It's time for the Shade to do his shading. I'm not sure you want to turn yourself into a verb. Really? I thought it was a good idea. 
Someone mentioned something once about conjugational visits. I think you need to go inside now. All right. Remember, you see anything, scream. Scream? I could do a lot more than scream, you know. I mean, come on. I lug an 80-pound typewriter around. I can crack walnuts with my fingertips. As Wednesday complained, she noticed a shadowy silhouette leaping from rooftop to rooftop. (gasps) Is that a shadowy silhouette leaping from rooftop to rooftop? That's suspicious. This looks like a job for... The vamp. But where do I change? Where's a phone booth when you need one? Act 2, Scene 2. So you think you can jitterbug? The shade cuts a rug. Passing by a street organist and stowing her typewriter in the spacious back seat of her Nash Advance 6 coupe, Wednesday morning came to a realization. Huh, I've come to a realization. This back seat is about the size of a phone booth. Leaping into her Nash Advance Six Coops back seat and taking a few precautions. Good thing I decided to put these curtains in the back seats. She changed into the femininely styled, yet aggressively practical costume of the mysterious female vigilante, the vamp. Silent as a cat, the vamp mounted the rooftop in pursuit of her quarry. Meanwhile, in the green mill, Excuse me, dollface. You look like a woman with good taste and a good head on your shoulders. Where else would it be? Smart, too. That's just the kind of woman I'm looking for. Plus, and I hope you don't mind me saying so, those are an impressive set of family jewels you've got. Thank you. They are my husbands. I take them everywhere. Oh, I can relate. I was married once, too. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Harry Binney, and I have a proposition. A classy, intelligent, massively wealthy woman like yourself may be interested in. I am sorry, Mr. Bunny. Benny. Whatever. But I can tell you right now, I am not interested in anything you have to say about English grammar. What? I cannot help you with propositions, whether they are dangling or not. Especially not if they are dangling. Oh, no. You are talking about a preposition, my dear. I am talking about an offer. Oh, well, why didn't you say so? I am always open to offers. How do you feel about discount liquor? I've never met him. I do know a Viscount Nito. No, I mean cheap alcohol. That is my favorite kind. Excellent. I'm trying to get investors to help me open a huge discount liquor store after Prohibition ends. Wait, so you're going to take an expensive product and sell it at a very low price? Exactly. So you will be making sure that people from all walks of life and all levels of society have access to your product, with little concern for the cost on you? You got it. Now if you could just make out a check to Harry That is amazing! I never thought I would find someone like you in America. Well, I do think I'm 
one of a kind. You could even make it out to cash Do you think that I would find a true hero of the proletariat here in the city of Windbreaking? Well, I do consider myself a pretty big noise, but that's not exactly- You're Whoa! Hold on there, minute, sweetheart. You can't be calling me a communist. Why do you not wish me to celebrate what you are? Because I'm not a communist. I'm in this business to make money. But there's no way for that to happen if you sell expensive products at cheap prices. We make up for it on volume. And the fact that we sell other things. What other things? Cheeses. Cheeses? Yeah. Expensive foreign cheeses. That's where the money is. So you entice people with inexpensive alcohol and then clean them out on expensive cheeses? You got it. I guarantee within a year we'll be rolling in money. Go away, disappointing hairy man. As proud member of Russian ruling class, I cannot take part in any scheme that would sully my ideological purity and allow others to have as much money as I have. But I- Off with you! Reject the capitalistic need to have a lot of money. Leave that to pure people like myself who have inherited it. Man, you just can't win with ideological purity. Hey there, sweetheart. You look lonely. Want a Lindy? What is Lindy? Ooh, 25 skidoo. You're a peach and funny, too. Where you from? Canada? I'm Russian. Well, slow down and stay wild. You are sufficiently amusing to dance with. Let us go. Move along, youngster. This lady is under the protection of the shade. Where did that voice come from? I think that's the guy red and black right behind you. You are the shade? You heard of him. You've heard of me. News of your exploits has reached all the way to the Leningrad. You are revered as one of the greatest comedians in the world. Well, I'm honored that... Wait, what? Go away, minor amusement in Strohate. This is the man I will slice a rug with. But Dollface... Anya. Anya what? <laughs> Anya way. Come, mysterious comedy man, let us dance. No, you see, I don't... Yoink! While the shade was trotting with a Russian fox, the vamp was on the roof of the green mill, confused. Over 14 rooftops just to return here. It's almost as if... Almost as if I knew I was being followed. I admit, I'm surprised you showed up and flattered, if I'm honest. I mean, little old me, Bertrand Vandersnelling III versus the vamp. That's quite the moniker you got there, Buster. Hope you feel as flattered when I arrest you. As entertaining a diversion as that would be, I'm afraid it would tarnish my reputation as a first-rate cat burglar. Is there much market for purloined felines? I see your time around the shade has had a detrimental effect on your wit. <laughs> Consider this putting you out of your misery. The vamp fought with her unique blend of Chinese martial arts. Yeah! Equestrian combat. <laughs> and good old American calisthenics. I must, I must, I must increase my- But the miscreant met her blow for blow. I have to say, I'm impressed, Vandersnelling. You've got stamina. It's a combination of clean living and superior nutrition. Really? 
Spill the beans, burglar boy. No, I would never spill the beans, Matt, because I only eat Salmonella's canned foods. The best metal-encased foodstuffs a minimal financial investment can buy. I've heard of Salmonella, and I've never had it. No, I wouldn't have anything else. There's so many advantages to Salmonella's canned goods. They're recycled cans, rescued from landfills to be given a new life. Well... I do approve of reducing litter. In their dedication to all natural processing, every can is hand-packed. Where other food companies' canned foods are never touched by human hands, Salmonella dives in up to the elbows. Old-school craftsmanship. And it's incredibly healthy since every spoonful instantly kick-starts your immune system, guarding you from illnesses of every shape and stripe. Gotta admit, if you've got your health, what more do you need? As much as I hate to admit that someone on the wrong side of the law might be right about something, I have to say that I am sold on Sam and Ella's. I'll make sure to run out and get one of every variety once I'm done running you in. Now, this has been amusing, my dear, but it's time to say I do. Parting is such sweet sorrow. Quit flapping your gums and attack me already. But Bertrand Vandersnelling didn't attack. Instead... He removed the ski mask he was wearing and walked into a well-placed beam of light from a nearby street lamp. What? What, are you trying to intimidate me? I don't intimidate easily, buddy. I mean, okay, so you're attractive. And those blue eyes there, they're just so blue. I mean, that doesn't make any difference, but you catch the light so well, and I've, I've never seen eyes that... Blue before. It's like I can't look away. So intensely blue. And with the vamp hypnotized and paralyzed by the unnatural charm of his incredibly blue eyes, Vandersnelling pushed her over the edge of the roof. Meanwhile, inside the green mill... Did you hear something? Is this the end of the vamp? Will Bertrand grab the family jewels? Does the Shade really know how to foxtrot? Find out all this and more on next week's Throwing Shade! Throwing Shade is brought to you by Chicago's premier storefront theater company, Eclectic Full Contact Theater. Presenting the Big Willie Shakes Trivia Night, September 15th at 7 p.m. at Laugh Out Loud Theater Chicago, 3851 North Lincoln Avenue. Do you know what light through yonder window breaks? Do you know how to get that damn spot out? Are you sure you know whether the apartment is to be or not to be? Then get a team together and head over to Laugh Out Loud Theater to show off your Shakespearean knowledge. Free food, prizes, the lowdown on what's really going on in all that fancy poetry. Tickets are only $15, so head on over to eclectic-theater.com and sign up for what shall verily be the hottest trivia contest this side of Stratford. And you might just find out what Stratford was doing on Avon all that time. This has been Throwing Shade. 
Brought to you by Eclectic Full Contact Theater. Sponsored by Salmonella's Canned Food. Written by Sarah Siegel and Andrew Pond. Directed by Katherine Siegel. Starring the voice talents of Jessica Lauren Fisher, Daniel Hoon, Noelle Kleiss, Stephen McClure, Serena Johnston, Chase Nergy, Andrew Pond, and Sarah Siegel. Our Foley artist is Lori Iyer. Our engineer is us. And I'm your narrator, Noelle Kleiss. Special thanks to Tina Salamone. Tune in next week. Same shade time, same shade station. Hello, everyone. I'm Andrew Pond. And I'm Sarah Siegel. You may remember us from such podcasts as the one you were just listening to. We'd like to thank you for joining us and hope you've enjoyed the adventures of Theodore Rockwell and Wednesday Morning. And The Shade and the Vamp. If so, please head over to Eclectic Full Contact Theater's Throwing Shade Patreon page at www.patreon.com EFCT and become a patron. You can support Throwing Shade for as little as a dollar a month. That may be the literal definition of a pittance. Become a patron today and join such luminarious folks as Michael Canari and Mike Drugan. Uh, luminarious? What? It's a word. Anyway... Becoming a patron gets you access to behind-the-scenes videos, episode outtakes, merchandise, and much, much more, including the opportunity to ask us anything. I myself am an open book. More like a picture book. Be glad it's not a pop-up. So, head over to patreon.com EFCT to support Eclectic Full Contact Theater's Throwing Shade. And head over to eclectic-theater.com to find out what else Eclectic Full Contact Theater is up to. Say goodnight, Andrew. Goodnight, Andrew. Bye.